Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Good morning, Emmanuel Faith. It's me again. <laughs> Thank you so much. For those that don't know me, my name is Esteban or Esteban, and I'm one of the pastors here at Emmanuel Faith. And today, today I'll have the privilege to share with you from God's Word. But before we start, let me welcome those that are watching online. We're so grateful, you know, that we provide those means so that people, you know, that cannot make it to come uh, to church, they are still, you know, uh, worshiping with us. Uh, today I will conclude our study of Third John. And we will end with a series that I titled, Mi Casa es tu Casa. Are you ready to practice your Spanish? Okay, say with me, Mi Casa es tu Casa. Again, Mi Casa es tu Casa. You know, in so many ways, that's for me. I have been blessed in such a way that I feel at home here at the Manual Faith. And when I came here first, it was hard. I was completely lost. I felt completely isolated. I, I knew that I was following God's call to my life, but I didn't feel that I, that I was at home. It took some time and God has provided the love so that now I'm, I'm, I'm truly believing this. Uh, you, you guys are making me feel at home and that's such a blessing. Uh, Third John, as we have mentioned before, is the shortest book in the Bible. And even though it's a very short letter, it's very meaningful and extremely practical. In this letter, the Apostle John is celebrating that his friend Gaius was walking in the truth. And that he had an excellent reputation welcoming strangers into his life. The strangers in this letter were a group of missionaries that were ministering in the area where Gaius lived. And from what we read in the first verses of this letter, Gaius was quick to help, to help them and support them in their needs. Now, because of those actions, Gaius' friendly reputation became very public within the people of God. Making the Apostle John, the elder, very proud of his spiritual son, Gaius. I love this story. Because it's a story of great joy. In verse 4, John says the following. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. You know, this is the kind of joy that you won't find in a time of worship. That you won't find in a time of prayer. That you won't find uh, while fasting. It's a, it's a kind of joy that you'll only experience when you invest in others and you see those individuals in whom you are pouring out yourself walking in the truth. What I see in this verse is inspiration for the future. Now I'm getting older. Next month I'm going to turn 45. And for some of you, that's like, ah, oh, you're still very young. But for some others, are like, ah, oh, you're old. <laughs> but this is the kind of situation in, the, in which the scriptures speak into our lives. If the Lord doesn't come back for his church in the next two decades, I still have in me at least 20 more years of ministry. 
and I need to invest them well. The question is what to do, how to invest them. I think that the Apostle John will suggest that I should invest myself in people. Not only for the next 20 years, but for the rest of my life. I firmly believe that John will agree that the single most important investment in our lives is not in getting a lot of money or a great education. It's not in having a lot of fun before we die, but to invest in people. Are you investing in those around you? Are you investing in your family, in your kids, in your grandkids, in your neighbors? You know, right now we are, we're dealing with a lot at home, in home. And we don't get along as a family. Our kids, our teenage kids, they don't see us as allies. Marriages are collapsing because we don't see each other closely. And we don't spend time together caring and loving and treating one another with respect and love and kindness. The thing is that if we don't invest ourselves in those around us, they will become strangers to us. And we have plenty of that. In our society. We have plenty of that, of that in a lot of our houses. On the other hand, if you create hospitable spaces in your life, even strangers could become your friends. That's the power of hospitality. Hospitality turns strangers into friends. John rejoiced in the fact that Gaius was hospitable to the people of God. That he was hospitable to brothers and sisters in the faith that he didn't previously know. Look at verse 5. Dear friend Gaius, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. Now, unfortunately, not everyone was like Gaius. Not everyone from Gaius' church was open to welcoming strangers. Let me read our passage of study, and then we'll dive into our study. I'll be reading from the NIV, and we'll start from verse uh, 9 through verse 14. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend Gaius, do not imitate what is evil but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. I think the third John is not only the story of Gaius. 
Third John is the story of three men. The story of Gaius, a man with a friendly reputation. The story of Diotrephes, the man who loves to be first. And the story of Demetrius, a messenger of the truth. These three individuals represent three different approaches when dealing with strangers. Last uh, time, last week, we spent most of our time talking about Gaius, and we'll talk a little more about him later on in our message. But before that, we will spend some of our time talking about Diotrephes, the man with a big ego. The thing with egocentric behaviors is that they create very unwelcoming settings. In fact, I will go as far as to say that big egos corrupt welcoming environments. A person with a big ego is someone who strives to be superior than others. Someone who wants to be first. Someone who loves to be number one. Diotrephes was this kind of person. Diotrephes was a follower of Jesus, but his walking wasn't consistent with the truth. Diotrephes knew the truth, but he wasn't walking in it. Look at verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. You know, Diotrephes was the polar opposite of Gaius. Gaius loved to create space in his life for others while Diotrephes only cared about himself. Gaius showed hospitality to these missionaries while Diotrephes showed, showed them hostility. And I don't know about you, but naturally I'm more like Diotrephes. And I know that I'm a pastor and I know that I'm supposed to be nice and to care for people and invest myself in others. But Esteban in the flesh can be very selfish. It actually takes a little extra from me to open up to the possibility to invest in others. It requires me to walk in the truth. So it's possible. It's possible to be a Christian and be negligent with our calling to walk in the truth. To walk in the truth means to live in conformity with the teachings of Jesus, to follow the way of our Lord. And as Christians, we should strive to love God with everything we are and to love others as ourselves. But Diotrephes wasn't ready for this because he had a big ego. When Diotrephes was informed that the apostle uh, John was sending a letter to let the church know that a group of missionaries were coming to his city, Diotrephes decided to ignore John's instructions. He refused to follow the instructions of the apostle John because he didn't have time for anyone else but himself. Look at the passage starting at verse 9. Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Diotrephes rejected the authority of the apostle John because he forgot that the church didn't belong to him, that the church belonged to God. 
by deciding to ignore the apostles' instructions, he diminished his authority and testimony. Diotrephes decided to ignore and even to ridicule the authority of the apostle John. The apostle, in a previous letter, testified the following about Jesus The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Also, in the conclusion of his gospel, the gospel of John, a gospel well known to the church in the area, John wrote the following as well. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. John knew firsthand. He witnessed the person of Jesus Christ. He was a prominent leader in the church. But apparently, Diotrephes didn't care about the witnessing of John. He was writing a different gospel. The gospel according to Diotrephes. You know, this is not uncommon. Many of us are constantly tempted to create our own gospel. A gospel in which everything is about us. A gospel of forgiveness without repentance. A gospel of salvation without sanctification. A gospel of love without obedience. And a gospel of the promise of eternal life without a commitment to live in the newness of life. A corrupted gospel. A gospel that is a mix of a little bit of truth and a lot of our ego. Diotrephes knew the truth. But he loved himself even more. And as a result... He was creating an environment of hostility within the church of God. Hostility that John needed to confront. Because in the same way that the truth, through the practice of hospitality, turns strangers into friends, the practice of hostility keeps strangers as outsiders. You know, Diotrephes was focused on creating all sorts of problems instead of focusing on creating hospitable spaces in his life. This guy was a contradiction. He was a, a hostile follower of Jesus. How is this even possible? Well, this happens when we stop walking in the truth by the power of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17, the Apostle Paul says the following. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. In other words... 
Diotrephes was behaving according to the desires of the, fle of the flesh instead of walking in the truth, depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at the second half of, of verse 10. Not satisfied with that, he, Diotrephes, even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do and puts them, who wants to do so and puts them out of the church. This guy was a bully. This guy was creating a mess. Diotrephes was talking with malicious intentions. He was treating strangers with rejection. And he was throwing hospitable followers of Jesus out of the church. And none of these behaviors are consistent with the truth. Instead, Diotrephes had a big ego. And by repressing the truth, Diotrephes was doing evil and he was discrediting the gospel of Christ because unchristian behaviors discredit the gospel. You see, our behavior not only makes evident the condition of our spiritual life, but it also sends a message to those that are around us. Behavior is nonverbal communication. And as followers of Jesus, we must proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ both in words and as well in actions. Knowledge, what we know and what we proclaim with our mouth is not enough. We need to be doers of the truth. If we want to make a bigger impact in the kingdom of God, we need to be doers of the word. Now, let me share with you three stories. One of them is uh, cross country. The other is Marie and then Juanito. Yesterday, as part of our Love Esco uh, uh, ministry, we went to Kirk Carson Park and uh, obviously, you know, it's a Saturday morning, uh, my day off. I was driving there, but I wasn't, you know, like that excited about it. So I'm going, I'm going there with my wife. And, and we got there 8 o'clock in the morning. And we were, you know, supposed to uh, clean a, a creek that goes through uh, Kit Carson Park. And the parking was packed. Hundreds, if not thousands of high schoolers with their families they were you know in a competition they they were to participate in this kind of competition there i didn't know any of that and i'm sure that the organizers didn't pay a lot of attention you know to what we, they were doing because we were you know like cleaning and throwing uh trees down and hundreds and hundreds of people there you know but the beauty of it is that about 30 to 40 people from Emmanuel Faith showed up to be part of that effort. And kids and families from 80 different schools in the whole city and even further were there. And a lot of the families, a lot of the people there were asking us why we were doing that. Who we were. What was our motivation? If we are getting paid... And a lot of them were saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
That's a beautiful picture. That's, 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 that's hospitality. This is our city, and we want people to enjoy it and to love it and to feel that they are at home and that they can go and have a walk in the park and, and, and that it will be nice. Now, Marie is my second story. My, Marie is a really beautiful grandmother that comes to the 9 o'clock service in the chapel. And she's hard to track. It's not, it's not that easy to figure where she's going to end up seating. <laughs> so as, as I'm getting to know people, I keep seeing this lady, but I'm not really, you know, like being able, you know, like to uh, put it in this particular place because she's all over the place. And one day, you know, I decided to ask Marie, Marie, it's good to see you. It's been great to get to know you. I noticed that you like to sit in different places. And then she told me, years ago, Pastor Dennis invited us to sit in different places in the church so that we will get to know different people. And that's the reason why I'm doing it. What, Marie? That's amazing. That's hospitality 101. And then Juanito. Juanito is this indigenous individual that comes from South Mexico, from a very tiny uh, 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 town over there. He doesn't speak English, and he even struggles speaking Spanish. Super quiet, doesn't have a lot of knowledge, doesn't have a lot of education. A really, really hard worker, though. And in every opportunity in which we invite Emmanuel Faith to go and serve, Juanito is there. He doesn't have much of knowledge of the scripture. But he has corazón. He has heart for Jesus. The apostle John encouraged Gaius to do what is good. He said in verse 11, dear friend, Gaius, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Now, this is a very interesting verse. And I would like to tell you first what this verse doesn't say. This verse doesn't say that those of us who sometimes behave like diatrophies are not saved. What this verse is saying is that those who have a relationship with God have the power to do good. What John is doing here is encouraging Gaius to be consistent with who he is in Christ. With who he is now that he has a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. To do what is good because his father is good. An encouragement that applies to every single one of us as well. In Ephesians 5, 1, the apostle Paul says the following, follow God's example, therefore as, dear, as dearly loved children, as believers, we need to become more and more who we really are, who we are already in Christ. Why is the question that maybe some of you are wondering? Well, because we don't want to discredit the gospel. 
We don't want to discredit the gospel of Jesus Christ with our behavior. Instead, our behavior should reflect genuine faithfulness to the truth. For faithfulness to the truth builds character and reputation. Jan was telling Gaius to avoid being like Diotrephes. Instead, he was encouraging Gaius to imitate a different man, a man whose actions were godly, a man whose actions were good. This man was Demetrius. Demetrius was mostly was most likely the carrier of the letter that John sent to Gaius and, and was as well the leader of the group of missionaries that were in need of support. Demetrius was a man of godly character and of good reputation. Look at verse 12. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true what a contrast i'd rather be demetrius than diatrophies well spoken of by everyone everyone loves him john is saying here hey gaius Demetrius might be a stranger to you, but he is not a stranger to Jesus. So receive him well. Demetrius was a messenger of truth and his good deeds were an expression of his walking in the truth of the gospel. The truth that Demetrius confessed it was embodied in his, in his actions. And John was able to, tend to testify that the behavior of Demetrius was consistent with the way of Jesus and the way how he behaved. John knew this really good, really well. Because he was friends with Jesus. He walked with the master himself for about three years during his early ministry. John knew how Jesus behaved and he got to experience his godly character. He got to experience his love, his compassion, his patience, his kindness. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about Demetrius is that we don't see him engaging in conflict with Diotrephes. He didn't argue with him. He didn't try to convince him, to help him. Instead, he relied on the authority of the apostle John to do so. To do so. so no wonder he was well spoken of by everyone. My brothers and sisters, we cannot engage in endless arguments trying to convince those who don't like us. We cannot, we, we don't have that power to change people and make them like us. We cannot try to convince those that are disqualifying us, that are making us feel that we are not good enough. If Diotrephes rejects us, God will provide a Gaius and God will take care of Diotrephes. In this case, God's, Gaius, in this case, God was going to use the apostle John to confront the behavior of Diotrephes. 
Romans 12, 17 says, do not repay everyone, anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. You know, Dimitrius became a missionary in order to make disciples, not to engage in conflict with other Christians. And the beautiful thing about living on mission, on living making disciples, is that it pays back really good. It pays back really well. The disciple maker has a lot of friends. For one of the outcomes of discipleship is friendship. Discipleship results in genuine friendships. The problem is that many of us have no idea what it means to, to make disciples and, and to be discipled. We have no clue. Because in the church of the West, the professionals in ministry have taken, have taken discipleship from us. They invite us to be discipled by taking a class or participating in a program for a few weeks. And ta-da! At the end, you receive a beautiful certificate of discipleship. I'm not saying that discipleship classes or programs are a bad idea. But what I would like to point out is that there's a downside to relying entirely on making disciples just by having the biblical experts giving classes and creating programs. The downside is that we don't get to engage in deeper relationships with other believers, making the discipleship process extremely impersonal. And I believe that effective discipleship is most often the fruit of genuine friendship. Friendships rooted in the person of Jesus Christ for the purpose of growing in him. So go ahead and take the classes, but don't neglect one-on-one -on -one interactions with other followers of Jesus. Become a mentor or look for one. You know, making disciples is not only about sharing information with others. That can be done in a very impersonal way. And you can just go YouTube and, and check out, you know, different teachings and preachings. And I mean, it's, it, it can be extremely impersonal, as I mentioned. But making disciples requires also a close and honest interaction with others. John knew this. And he was in, invested in this kind of interaction with Gaius. Verse 13 and 14, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. So John knew that there are things that you can only tell your friends in person. Because you want to see their faces. You, you want to read each other's expressions. You want to make time to laugh, to cry, to listen, and to pray for your friends. And you want to create space in your life for new followers of Jesus. For new friends in Christ. 
We should ambition to have this kind of relationship with other followers of Jesus. And today I would like to take the opportunity to thank, to thank those who responded to the following invitation. To those that were interested in welcoming a stranger in their lives. It's a small group of people, but praise God. We, we already met and we had a powerful conversation. And I think that that has potential to make a tremendous impact for the kingdom of God. This group of followers of Jesus, this group of brothers and sisters are going to disciple young Latinos who come to our church. Sons and daughters of immigrants that need someone to speak into their lives. Someone that could model to them what it means to walk in the truth. Someone who will teach them the scriptures in word and in action. A godly friend, a gift from God. Because that's exactly what happens with friendships. Godly friendships are a gift from God. A gift that can make a tremendous difference. In the lives of those who are members of the family of God. You know, I received uh, the Lord as my Savior when I was 12 years old. And since then, I started to go to church. It was such a radical uh, change in, in my life and in the life of my family. Because finally, we felt that we belonged somewhere. Our family was so dysfunctional that it didn't fit with neither family nor our grandparents here didn't like us. Our grandparents there didn't like us either. I mean, both my parents and my brother and I, I mean, we were just rejected. And when we came to church, everyone loved us. We were the new family at church and everyone was so nice. And we invested eight years in that tiny community, about 80 people. We knew everyone, everyone knew us, and we grew a lot. And it was a beautiful experience to be part of that family that in the past we didn't have. So we found a, a family, but I never found a friend. Because, you know, in the, in the church where I was and as well, you know, that's part of the culture that we share. We are really good for parties. We are really good for fiestas. But we are not really that good at getting deeply with one another and share our hearts. So we love the celebration and we love the gatherings and we love the food. But we will never open up and to share our hearts and, and our needs with someone else. And for eight years, I was in this church. And I never experienced that. Years later, I came to the United States and I started to interact a little bit uh, with you know, people in this country and believers. And then I started to hear and listen here and there that they were mentioning, oh, my mentor, oh, my mentor. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Everyone has a mentor. Not me. And the thing is that most of our kids whose parents go to the Spanish service, they won't invest and their kids as much as we could potentially do because their parents have been believers for the same amount of time that their kids. And they don't have the heritage 
and they don't have knowledge, and they don't have a grandma and a grandpa who have been following Jesus and a mom and a dad who have been following Jesus. They haven't grown up a church like a lot of us. And what I see in this room is potential. Potential to mobilize a seasoned in the faith congregation to invest in the youngest generation in our community. Because when I walk around Escondido, that's my new thing, you know, for about six or eight months. I'd be walking all, all over Escondido. I have two dogs, you know, my laps, and I go with them, you know, all over the place. And what I see most that, than anything is young people in this community that we need to reach with the gospel. And that we have the potential to do so. But someone needs to be willing to say, I'm going, I'm going to invest in them. You know, a few mo moments before, we were invited to participate, you know, either in uh, children's ministry, junior high, high school. And, and, and the way how, how sometimes, you know, we put it, it it's, it's, it's a little strange. And, and, and I, I want to be very open about that because I, I don't think it's, it's that good. I think that there's a better way to put it. And, 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 and it will help us to realize that we're missing something. We come before you as Emmanuel Faith and we ask you for something that we need. Emmanuel Faith, we, we need so much for you to go and, and minister to our children. To your children, by the way. Uh, Emmanuel Faith, please, children ministries need, needs volunteers. Junior high need, needs volunteers. Uh, young adults needs volunteers. Uh, high school needs volunteers. Uh, that's so twisted. We need it. We need it. Not doing it doesn't allow us to experience such a great joy. And when you have godly friendships in a place like this, every Sunday, It's such a joy to be in the company of the people of God. Friends that love and care for each other. Friends that celebrate the differences that we have. Different ages, different ethnicities, different languages. My goodness, so much potential. Emmanuel faith. Godly friends encourage us to move forward in our walking with the truth, in our walking with God. Look at the way uh, John ends the letter. Peace to you, Gaius. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Gaius, I know, I know that you are, have been challenged by diatrophies. I know, Gaius, that being a missionary is not easy. I know, I know, Gaius, that it's really, really hard to lead a group of missionaries in that area. But shalom, shalom to you, Gaius. John knew that Gaius needed peace. He knew that Gaius needed encouragement from a friend. 
Gaius needed to know that he was not alone doing the will of God. He needed to know that Gaius had more than one friend. That he had a community of friends and partners in ministry. But look at the salutation. Greetings. Greetings. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Partners in ministry who were willing to share with strangers that Jesus Christ is our ultimate friend. That Jesus laid down his life for us so that we could become his friends. Look at John 15 verse, uh, verse 13. This is, these are the words of Jesus. And, and John the apostle wrote, and wrote them down. He is quoting Jesus here where Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is the kind of message that as we go through life, we should be proclaiming not only in words, but also in action, just like Gaius. We cannot be inconsistent with this truth, like Diotrephes, making the gospel about us. And maybe God hasn't called us to be missionaries in distant lands like Demetrius. Yet, he has called us to practice this message of love to those around us. A message that the elder, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that the apostle John got to experience firsthand. A message that once you heard and received. Jesus laid down his life, destroying the dividing wall of hostility that existed between us and God. And between one another. Jesus has become our peace. He is the one who has invited us to become part of his family. He is the one inviting us to experience the gift of godly friendships. Jesus, Jesus is the one who first told us, Mi casa, mi casa es tu casa. And we need to imitate him. Please stand with me. I would like to invite you to please bow your heads and, and close your eyes. I can call you different names, but today I'm going to call you Father. You are king, you are Lord, you are creator of all. But you call me son. And that has made a tremendous impact in my life. In this moment, Father, I want to ask you. To hug me. 
to embrace me, to make me feel at home. You know exactly where I am at. I've been wondering. I've been running from you. Now that I get to consider that you're inviting me to come home, I want to say yes, Lord. I want to say yes to that kind of invitation. I want to say, here I am. I will live to serve you and honor you all the days of my life, 20 years and beyond. Whatever it takes, whatever you want me, in whatever capacity, I want to be available to you, Lord. And I want to be able to love my brothers and my sisters with the kind of love that you can only provide. Lord, allow us to be a fellowship of friends that love you and honor you. Allow us to come and meet at this building rejoicing because we are with family, because we are with people that share so much in common with us. We'll get, Lord, to partner together in ministry to build up the next generation of followers of Jesus invest ourselves so deeply in others but in the future we'll get to write a, to write them some letters letting them know how proud we are of them your church will continue to move forward not even hell will be able to hold what you will continue to do through your people this morning, this evening, we want to say that we want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. My brothers and my sisters here, we will walk together saying yes to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.